We're going to survive the week of R. Kelly. Now we're surviving another week of Ezra and O. Jocelyn. Well. O. Jocelyn, whatever you want to call that. Okay. Let's just call it Joy. That's what they call it. All right. Joy, Joy. Got the Joy, Joy all up through her fist. Okay. You are now tuned into FNL Radio. Run for cover, motherfucker. We are now turning to FNL Live with Dr. Monique. Time to laugh your ass off. Hey, what is up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of FNL Radio. It's your boy, Doc. and got Monique on the other end as well. Hello, all my loves. How's everybody doing out there tonight? So, y'all know, all right, so this past weekend, it was a spe- very special auntie's birthday. So, we just got to show some uh, love to the auntie real quick. You know, we're going to go through some of her greatest hits for a little second real quick. Y'all know what time it is, people. Was on the woods, aka Aunt Mary J. Blige. <laughs> <laughs> Hateration up in this dancery. Uh, not in this dancery, not at all. No hateration, no holleration in this dancery. <laughs> <laughs> this was Pete Mary at her track phase. Let loose and set your mind to free. Oh. Leave you set your mind to free. Oh. Let 
So when you jump on the floor, you're doing no holleration, no, you know, hateration is dancery, but you get home and you find out that your other person out here messing around and doing something wrong. Everything not flowers that you leave the club sometimes. Sometimes you gotta let them know you're their secretary working eight, seven days out the week. No, I was You were busy loving yourself. I will stop you told me to. Now you're busy loving someone else. He Shout the can't do Isaacs. <laughs> Don't cry, girl. To share my word, maybe real quick. to the other Mary. This one, Mary's trying to do some choreography in the middle of the street to some Alan John.
parts. Now we gotta get into Lauren Hill, written and produced. She made it on time to the studio for this one. out there you know this when they hear this song when they hear this part come up you know i love music hey. <laughs> let's do a little slag <laughs> it makes me want to have fun they fur mint coat right got them a new blonde wig right this was the slag for this for the wedding reception <laughs> She just turned 40. Very done hair. honey. Yes, people. And that wasn't all the hits right there, people. You know, of course. That was just a little quick sample. Exactly. A little quick, little, you know, a little outdoor, if you will. But um, one of my I'm favorite. Like, my back is hurting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite Mary J. Blige greatest hits. Let me just play it real quick for you all. Exciting things are happening at Burger King. Welcome to Burger King. Oh, what's in those new chicken? Okay, you know what? <laughs> 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 Mary? The new chicken snack wraps. Come and get it at Burger King. And like Mariah Carey said, I got the whip. That's necessary. 
And here I thought flour tasted like one thing in tortillas, but you know. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I'm not going front because that Mary J. Blige album that came out, The My Life Part Two, because I don't not too fond of too many sequels. So it, that was one of those albums I wasn't trying to look listen to. Um, but then I didn't know there was an actual song on the album that was called Don't um, Worry or whatever it was called. Or Don't Mind. It was called Don't Mind. And I know that was actually a real song. I just thought this was just a song she just did dedicated that can't do made her do for the Burger King commercial with um, the three chicken tortilla wrap. Oh, yeah. And that's why I don't mind <laughs> saying I love you. And I don't know. Yeah, that's not shit. Saying I love I don't even know you. chicken wrapped up in a flour uh, tortilla with three okay, cheeses. You know <laughs> <laughs> but Auntie Mary, we do. We hope here at FNL, we hope you had a blessed and wonderful birthday. We love, 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 love you. Yes, and you've been out there living your best life, you know, at 49 years old. So definitely when you turn 50, we definitely got to turn it for one time for the queen on FNL radio next year, everybody. So I seen the booty shorts you had on, girl. I, exactly. And it, I still don't know why Aunt Mary, why you do not have a line of boots. That should be your big thing when you turn fifty. You need to have a line of boots. It's the, or the queen of boots, thigh high boots. You got the coochie cutter boots. You got every type of boot known to man. <laughs> do not have a line of boots yet. That's combat a, boots. Exactly. I remember I had me some Mary J. Blige combat boots in middle school, honey. Exactly. That's a criminal shame. So. You know, hopefully, you know, Mary, you put that in the universe. You know, you've done everything. You got had an Oscar nomination last year, you know, number one hours and all that good stuff. But it's time for a line of boots. That should be your next thing, a line of boots that y'all can get from Macy's. So, anyways, everybody, we do thank you all for And for those of us who can't go to Macy's, uh, maybe, you know, they'll get a couple extra pairs and about over to the Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> I was thinking about Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Racks of shoes all thrown across the Brunson Coat Factory now, looking like <laughs> looking like a thrift store now. But anyways, hey, everybody. <laughs> Again, this is FNL, and we do thank you all for tuning in. Um, as we did last week, we introduced, you know, uh, um, ourselves for 2020. Everybody, you know, it's been a good year so far. Um, no drama, nothing of that nature. Everything's been real cool and all aesthetic and whatnot so um again we, we're glad that you're here to be able to listen and continue to stream us on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor google play podcast monies platform of choice and um wherever you listen to your um, podcast and stuff like that but um we definitely had a good show last week with the surviving part two uh survivor r kelly part two show so um we, we're going to get into the shits in a little bit everybody but Monique, how's your week been? It's been good. Can't complain one little bit. Um, you know, had a pretty good weekend. I touched, well, not touched down, but I rolled down the Newport News real quick on Saturday. And then call I the came body. back. <laughs> huh? I said, call the body. No, actually, dog. I lost my wedding band a couple, I guess it's been about a month or so ago when um, I ordered on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, I went down to Zales in Newport News and I um, got another band and it had just come back on Friday. So Saturday, um, 
afternoon I rode down to Newport News and then I came on back, took Jaden um to Sky Zone where he jumped and his little heart was content. <laughs> and um, <laughs> then I mean, came on back home yesterday. Uh, one of my girlfriends invited me out to a um, <laughs> seminar. I don't know if she listens to this show, so I don't want to call it a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but she, she <laughs> invited me out to a seminar of some sort. So I was there for a good majority <laughs> of the evening yesterday learning about some. Um, Scheme. Learning about some, yeah, some residual <laughs> income that I could be making. We'll just leave it like that. <laughs> and um, today I was back to work. You know, yesterday, last night we watched our shows as usual. We got we caught up on 90 Day Fiance and we watched um, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes, Mirror to Medicine is gone off, so nothing came on in its place. But you know, the usual. Uh, my Twitter friends was looking and searching high and low for me, and I was there. <laughs> so um, that was about it, honey. That I mean, can't complain one little bit. Like I said, went on into work today, and I guess I'll do the same thing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What's been going on with you? How's your week been? It, it's been really cool. Um, again, no uh, issues or nothing like that. But I have been planning my 30th birthday party everybody so you all know in april april 2nd this year i turned 30 so i'm trying to have a four or five day extravaganza if you will so i'm trying to have like something on my birthday on april 2nd for like family and um then on friday you know i'm trying to have like a fnl something or whatever and you know monique is welcome to be invited because she feels like she never invites anything yeah, I'm never invited because to I don't. Um, send the it. I, I, that's yeah, my, that's not the way I feel. That's a fact. <laughs> I don't shoot that's not my feelings. <laughs> but um, so I'm trying to plan something. But you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is House Party, and that came out in 1990. So it'll be 30 years in March actually uh, since the premiere of House Party, and I turned 30 in April. So I'm trying to have like a 90s house party type of situation, everybody. So. That's my plans for my thirtieth, and uh, and that's in less than a few months. So I gotta get the crack, the whip cracking. But you know, it's I actually just came up with that today, so I actually got to start planning stuff like now. But anyways, so that's my. I'm cool. So y'all heard it here first, actually. So um, not everybody's invited. Kind of like a lot of niggas in the same vicinity. So you know, it's gonna be invite only. Let's just put it that way. No, this part's gonna be in Virginia Beach or Newport News. Not in Newport News, cause I would like to live to see thirty. I don't want to okay. be shot on thirty. So, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a fact, Jack. So, um... okay. <laughs> but um. But yeah, but everything's been real cool. So um, again, hope y'all y'all had a great week, um, and everything. So as we did last week, everybody. So I don't know why we try to play ourselves, but we um I don't even think we said it on air, but you know, in the back of our minds, usually when me and Monique are finished with the topic, we try to do like a whole show and just be finished with it. So that was our intent with the surviving part, our Kelly Part Two show. Same thing with the last year's show. So we thought, okay. After the Surviving R. Kelly special, we did our little special. We was like, okay, that'll probably be it. We probably don't need to talk no more about it. You know, whatever happens in a few weeks, whatever, down the line, okay. But, 
we'll need to do like a next week segment on it, nothing like that. So we kind of in the back, well, in the back of my mind at least, I thought that was going to be the case this week because like we've all heard and said everything. You know, nothing new was from the special for real, for real except for the hair braider. But um, other than that, um, everything's been pretty much the same, you know, consistent story. Well, that damn Joycelyn or Joy Joy, I got the Joy 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 down in my heart. And old Azrael from Baltimore, we, um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we saw some things this week, people. So following last week's Surviving R. Kelly Part 2 special, you know, at the end of the special, we saw that, you know, Azrael went back home to her family. It was reunited. And that was a different tune because it was even not even, and they said that happened in December, but it was like probably October, November. It felt like she was still doing, you know, IG lives and stuff like that, going up for R. Kelly and stuff. And, you know, on Twitter saying that, you know, she still got love for Robert. The chain of emails just came out as well um, in this past couple of days where her and Joycelyn were emailing, you know, Robert Sylvester in jail because, you know, Robert, you know, is on lockdown. And I forgot they got a lot of technology in jail now because motherfuckers on Facebook in jail. They on- I was going to say they have Facebook and I don't know if they have Instagram, but they definitely have like Facebook and Twitter. They on Skype and just not from the confiscated flip phones either, people. They on uh, technology. So I'm like, okay, this is where my tax paying money going to. Okay, now. So, you know, Robert Sylvester, we know he can't read or write, so it's a lot of misspellings and grammatical. And we don't need to know. Uh, yeah well first of all let's give a little bit of history yes. so you guys you know we all know Joyce and Savage and Azrael Clary and for those of you I don't know why you wouldn't know them but those of you who don't know um, these are the last two girls that are standing with Robert Sylvester Kelly so we have seen them form this united front um, last year we can never forget that, if, um, that infamous Gail King interview with you know with they disrespectful little asses and so then typically you know when they have you know shown things on the news um when i guess r kelly is going to court and back and forth and things like that we normally see them walking hand in hand arm and arm talking about a cuffing season so they are there to support him 100 percent of the way um so like Reggie said last week, these hoes got the fighting down to the Trump Towers. Yes. And in fact, this fight, this particular fight that we saw took place on Robert Sylvester's birthday. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess the story was that these two girls, they were actually supposed to be moving out of the Trump Towers. I guess he had paid up maybe through like the middle of January. And so they had to get out. And so apparently a fight ensued between the two girls and the police were called. And Azrael told the police that she wanted to press charges against Jocelyn. So um, you can hear in the video, Azrael was hollering and screaming, saying, <laughs> you going to jail. You going to jail because you was having sex with a minor and that minor was me. So apparently Aswell was in the condo and I assumed that she was packing up her things and trying to gather up the rest of her things so that she could get back to her home with her parents. So um, the way it sounds, she may have had her team of people with her. And then Joycelyn had her team of people with her. And I think the team of people that Joycelyn has with her are some people that are obviously still connected to Robert Sylvester's camp. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess Asriel was there by her, I guess with her team. And like I said, she was gathering up her things. So according to Asriel, a girl named Kim came up to the condo, stated she was told to come up there by Joy to, um, I guess, collect, I guess Robert had some Grammys that were still there some other items and things like that. So Asriel told the girl, I don't know you. And so, you know, again, I'm not comfortable with letting you in here. So if Joy wants anything from here, she's going to have to come and get it herself. So I guess she sends Kim on her merry little way. Joyce then comes back. You can hear Joyce then hollering and screaming, stating, you know, this is his house. This is his house. You are so disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, how you gonna disrespect him? You got men in his house. You got other men in his house. So, you know, she was hollering, you're so evil. You're so evil. And then all of a sudden, you hear some tussling and just some hollering and screaming. You hear some, like you said, like I said, some tussling, some hitting back and forth, some yelling back and forth. So then as real clarity, she actually calls the police. The police comes. She states that she wants to press charges against Jocelyn Savage. So apparently she tells the police that, you know, I guess Joycelyn hit, hits her in the face with her phone. And so I guess she had like a little small mark. But then she tells the police that she's okay. So here's the thing with me. I, I feel like, you know, it was, I'm not surprised by any of it. And it, <clears throat> I feel like it was only a matter of time. These mm-hmm. girls, even though they are grown women, they still have the minds of like 15 year olds. Yeah. You know, they, there's nobody there to guide them. There's nobody there to tell them what to do. And they have been, they were so young when they fell into the arms of R. Kelly. This is all they pretty, you know, as far as their adult hood this is all they know so you know I knew that they were going to start it was only a matter of time before they was going to start acting like some hood rats and it sounds as if that probably they probably have been at least arguing and fussing for several days and then I guess I guess one thing just led to another and then they this physical altercation happened mm-hmm and I got a little audio from the fight too, people. Um, one of the highlights, like I said, was when Azrael. Now we kept talking about Azrael on the show too when on the first special last year. We was like, you know, she's she like a little punk rock little black girl who grew up around white people. I don't see any Baltimore in her. She looked like she's straight from Florida because that's where family. Old bitch, and listen to the audio. Yeah, and it moved to um, Florida. Well. First, I'm let the train go by. Y'all hear the train in the background tonight? It's the soul train tonight, people. People get ready. <laughs> There's a train coming. Don't need no ticket. You just get on board. We like to say rest in peace to Curtis Mayfield. <laughs> Why do I feel like you are the train whisperer? Because every time you hit it at the right point and the train is not there anymore. You just said Curtis Mayfield second. You just get on board. All right, come on, Curtis <laughs> Spirit. All right. But, um, but here's the audio from the fight, everybody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
So pretty much following this is this is when you know Azrael got on her live. Yeah, and, and like I much- said, it sounds as if, and then I think there was, and from what I've seen, I think there's like two different videos. Like I said, I think it what it sounds like is these bitches have been fussing it, at least fussing and arguing for several days. Because yeah. the video that I saw was a totally different video from where Azrael told her bitch I for Baltimore. Like yes. I said, it was only a matter of time before these two bitches before they was going to turn the Trump Towers out. And see, that was that's the other thing. Even when you listen to it, it sounds like two 12-year-olds fighting in middle school. Yes, screaming and kicking and stuff like that. Now, one thing I will say about Azrael, because I was a little, you know, I was actually surprised because, again, Azrael appears to be that very put together, even in the interviews with um with Gail King and her and Joyce. And Joyce and seemed very, like, the main guard, but... Azrael seemed like the little child kind of, but want to be a grown woman type of person. Yeah, and Azrael is the younger out of the two, but like I said, they were, you know, so young when Mm -hmm. they well, I can't say so young, but again, they have known this man for what they've been with him for the what the last like three, three at least four years. years. Yeah, the last three four years, and he has brainwashed him, brainwashed them. He's trained them to, you know act a certain way, look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so now he's in jail. They don't know when he's ever going to get out. And so now things are just falling apart. Like I said, it, to me, it was only a matter of time before these two bitches got to fighting it. It was a whole complete and utter fucking mess at the Trump Towers. And then you can, you know, then you can, whatever adults that are with them, you, they, I guess, and you never saw the adults with them, but you could hear them <clears throat> in the background. Mm-hmm. And they just sound like they had had it with the two of them. Because exactly. they pretty much like babysitting them. Yes, yes. And that's the thing, too. Shout out to um, Forrest uh, and Paula J. Parker's um, mama on uh, R&B uh, Hollywood Divas. But Asriel beat Joyce unless she was a bitch on the street. Like, she basically molly whopped her across the hallway. Now, uh, and Asriel- see, like I said, then I think there were two different fights because that fight looks like it happened in the hallway of yeah. the Trump Towers. And then there's another, I don't know, maybe maybe it's all the same fight. And then there's another video where I saw where Asriel called the police and she told the police that that child hit her in the face with a phone. With the phone, yeah. And then so when the police said, well, you know, did you want to press charge? She said, yeah, but I'm okay. And so they're like, what? Again, these are grown women with the mindset of of at least a 15-year-old, if that. Uh And black people, like, it's after watching Real Housewives of Atlanta, you know, last night and Joyce and uh, Astro fighting in the hallways. Black, I don't know which one was worse. Kenya and Nene with her titty. With yes. that titty hanging down to her knees trying to fight Kenya or yes. Asriel and, and Joycelyn. Either yeah. way, yeah. it was all a fucking mess. Exactly. Nene with that nicotine patch on her titty. But y'all cannot <laughs> be out here fighting in these establishments, especially the Trump Towers of all places. Now, first of all, and like you were saying too, these girls have been so under control for Robert Sylvester for so long that now the empire is crumbling down right before their eyes. Even and they don't stuff. know what the entire fuck to do. 
Exactly. So that's why it was a no-brainer for Azrael to go to her family because the fact that it's like, okay, you have no place after this. Like, y'all, y'all weren't set up for anything because he mismanaged his money. The money that he was given, he was ordered to give to pay back child support. And now he's in jail. He's not making the money. His record's not being streamed like that because it's being taken off a major playlist and whatnot. So it's like there's no stream of revenue coming in whatsoever. And my question was this Grammy that he told Joyce to go back and get, was this the same oh, Grammy that was this the same Grammy that the hair braid up? <laughs> so I'm an pills. Yeah, but yeah. And then today there was a picture, I saw a picture posted of Asriel and her parents, you know, together. But it seems like Jocelyn, she's still out there ride or die for old Robert Sylvester. Exactly. You know, um, apparently, the, you know, and we talked about this last week on last week's show. You know, we talked about this this fake, um, I guess, what what was it? Was it an Instagram account? I don't know if it was that page or something, but it was something where uh, Joyce was spilling tea, or well, quote unquote, a Joyce. Yeah, or, and come to find so- out, I think this was the works of her parents once again. Mm-hmm. So, the whores. But um, <clears throat> you know, at this point, both of these young ladies need to go get some some help, you know. And then, you know, before they talked about this, Azrael had been under the uh, doctor's care before. Um, I guess when she met R. Kelly, she mm-hmm. had just come out of a psych institution, yeah. um, from a suicide attempt, from a um, I guess a su- a past suicide attempt over a bad breakup with mm-hmm. an ex-boyfriend of hers. So, you know, hopefully, you know, this young lady can go get some help. And then, you know, hopefully, Joycelyn Savage at some point will eventually come to her senses. And even maybe if you don't go back to your parents' home, maybe you can find a way to still, you know, get out from under this, you know, bondage and control and these Jedi mind tricks that old Robert Sylvester is playing with your ass from the jail cell. So, you know, people get pray for the both of them. That's all we can say. Exactly. And um, as you stated, Azrael, she's back home with her family and she posted a picture. Um, even on Instagram, you know, she was saying there's going to be a lot of stuff coming out lately and everything like that. So she went on her Instagram um, actually t- earlier today and she posted this picture with her family. Um, there was her sister, her brother that we saw in the special and actually her parents. Now, they weren't next to each other in the picture. But they were on separate sides of the picture, but they were all together like they're having fun with Azrael and um, matching white tees and denim jeans. And the little nephew was there, too, who was looking for his TT. So it was like a cute little family moment and stuff like that. Uh, yeah and then hopefully this and then hopefully this time she'll have the wheel and the courage to actually stay and not return back i mean ain't nowhere to fucking go now just gone long gone bitch so um you know hopefully again you know that she will have the courage to go ahead and stay at home and really her parents really need to get her some help Exactly, because and and then um Joycelyn now of course she was the last Ranger standing, so of course she was arrested as well um because of the fight, and she was um I guess they gave her information to the family and of course you know the Savage has been trying to find her for nearly three years, so Gerald Briggs who's the attorney for Joycelyn's parents Tim and Joycelyn uh said that Joycelyn's immediate family members were secretly brought to a holding area of the Chicago courthouse Thursday after her hearing to meet with her. So the law enforcement uh, facilitated the meeting, which went down before she was um, released off bond for the alleged battery of Azrael during the um, fight last Wednesday at the Trump Towers. 
So the attorney says that Joyce was surprised to see her family at first, but talked to them for about 20 minutes. And they were told that there were plenty of hugs and immediate family members told her how much they love her and want her to come home. Joyce was given direct contact info for her parents and the attorney claims she is willing to set up further contact. The family is hopeful she will be willingly re um, reuniting with them soon because she um, said she'd be in touch. So she was booked for misdemeanor battery, of course, for um, Asriel, and she's due back in court in a couple of weeks. So, um, again, it's, you know, Joycelyn, I'm hoping that she's now starting to reel back in. She seemed like she's the last tough cookie to try to really crack because of the fact that she, you could tell she was so much more involved and much more in depth from that interview. Yeah. Oh, and TMZ. And you'll know which one of them, you know, pretty much because they have like a sister wives thing going yeah. on. So, you know, anytime you have this plethora of women and this one man, you know, one one woman is always going to get more attention than the other. So I don't know if it was a thing of whether or not they were, you know, fighting for his attention and his love because you know from what I understand I guess Asriel was supposed to be the chosen one so mm -hmm. she was the one that was supposed to be just like the wife so you know who knows but again and let me tell you this girl that that grid shout out to um Yovana from Clark ACU, the baddest bitch walking. <laughs> he listen that that attorney Griggs, that bitch. He on some foo foo shit too. Yes. I get some foo foo shit type of senses from his <laughs> ass too. With that old thin ass hairline and that pot in the middle. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah. I hope I hope your mom and daddy get a new uh, get a new attorney. Yes. But um, you know, hopefully, like you said, she'll you know come to her senses and realize that um, you know, she's not in a good situation. And she can break away from the situation that is of R. Kelly. So, exactly. Because um, it sounds like, bitch, you're going to go to jail one way or the other. If you, don't, if you don't go for this and stop battery, Asriel Clary is determined that your ass is going to go for fucking around with her, which was the matter. Yeah. <laughs> so, if I was you, bitch, I try to get my life right now and try to get on to my parents' house. Yes. You know, so they can try to help you get your ass out of this shit because that bitch means she gonna put your ass behind bars if it's the last fucking thing she do. Exactly. <laughs> she yelled it out. She yelled out that video. What it was, bitch, you going to jail. <laughs> yes. So she got sun up her arsenal. She got sun up her sleeves. And she about to present it real soon, I feel like it. But yeah, um, she's gonna do a lot of talking. Exactly. So um speaking of a lot of talking and emailing and whatnot, so like I told you all, there were some emails that came out um, a couple of days ago with regarding the exchange of Robert Sylvester, his visitors to jail and whatnot. So these emails came from November 21st, 2019 uh, at 4.07 p.m. So I'm thinking, okay, this must be, you know, lunchtime or something or time he's supposed to be in the yard, but he's on the computer, um, you know, because shit has changed in jail. So it's not the same time, you know, from back in the day, things have changed, people, so... Robert Sylvester uh, Kelly wrote in his email, Hey, Cookie, I love you so freaking much. Baby, think of you... Okay, now, again, because this is an illiterate motherfucker who's 50-something years old who don't know how to read or write. So, think... You well, ain't that Andre Kelly fought what that bitch supposed to be helping him learn to read or write? Exactly. Hooked on Finals was a major platform back in the day that could have been used for this man, but... Um, I think he's trying, he's trying that to say... That was in that wheelchair. She can't go down to the court... To the jail cell and, and do some um, night class as well. Exactly. Each one, teach one, though, felt this motherfucker. Yes, but... she loved him so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think we're trying to say thank you for 
staying positive, but it's, he spelled it thank you, T H I N K U for S T A I N G, positive. And I can't wait. He spelled wait, W H A I T, to see you. <laughs> um, yes, we was on lockdown. Now, you're supposed to say lockdown, but you spelled lockdown, L U C K D O W N, cookie. But I am, he put I am together. Okay, kiss, kiss. Mm. Sound like you're trying to do like emojis in the email, but the, you know they don't got no iPhones there <laughs> or you know Android. So you was actually emoting, you know, emoting the um, emojis, if you will. And bitch, this who you want? And, and Joyce said, "Okay, Daddy, thank you for letting me know that you're okay." She spelled "you're wrong" too. She spelled "y o u r," so you know her education level. And also, but she was supposed to be in college. Exactly. TCCO wannabe. Uh, this is it. And also, when I come to visitation next week, do I come Friday or Saturday? And I can't wait to now. She's spelled two T O O when it's supposed to be T O. I can't wait to see you too, Daddy. I'm so excited to see you. And she spelled T O O again. Um, I love you so freaking much. Hi, Daddy. Call me, please, when you get this message. I miss you so much. I've been waiting for your call. Are you on lockdown? So then Robert say, uh, he's speaking to Azrael now at 4:05 p.m on the same day. Hi, Mama Bear. I love you so, so, so much. And yes, I have a cup of coffee in my hand right now. Of course, he loves a cup of coffee because remember, his mama left a lipstick stain on the McDonald's cup of coffee all those years. And he and you know, they say he even had them girls um, drinking coffee at the same time he was drinking coffee in jail. Yes. He said, yes, I have my cup of coffee in my hand right now. I miss you, baby. How was... I guess I don't know if believe or I don't know if you trying to spell believe, but it's spelled B E L A V E F. Kiss and has him. I don't, nigga. My mind. Okay, now. They can't get him no coach in the, in the jail. Exactly. And then no, didn't see coach. Yes. And then Astro like Ross, I said, hey, where's that teacher that was in that wheelchair that was kicking for him so hard? Yes. The Ashford wrote, hey, Bear, I love you so, so, so much, and I miss you so, so much. I am thinking about you and me, Bear. What the? F- okay, now. <laughs> then they say, I hope you're okay. Don't let go. 91.5 FM forever. So I don't know if that's a, a radio station in Chicago that they're supposed to be, um, you know, uh, play his last bit of songs or something like that. Cause I don't hear Charmaine or Black Ink Crew repping this station, so I don't know if this is a Urban AC station, like a 95.7 R&B or 105.3 in Philly. I don't know what type of situation this is, but they kept calling out 91.5 FM forever. Um, yeah, it's a lot of dumb assness in these emails, people, because he can't read or write. Um, yeah, oh, obviously, the, can they? Yeah, I guess the dog name, or I don't know if it's a teddy bear or a dog, but it's supposed to be belief, but he was spelling it wrong, of course. Um, basically, he loved these girls so, so much he missed them. Um, okay, now here's another one. So, Kelly wrote to Azrael, hey, Bear, I love you so, so much, and I miss you, baby. Just wanted to send you, um, oh, no, this is from Joycelyn. Oh, no, this is from Kelly. Um, I wanted to send you a letter. I hope you are doing good in the studio. Uh, although, like I said, I really, really wish you were here. I'm waiting on the information rear. But until then, I love you in 91.5. Bear, make sure whoever writes, they write life, not songs. You need to sing while you're funding every day to get your wind up. It will give you an even better tone. He spelled better, B-E-T-E-R. 
Uh, at in the studio, okay. You have yeah, I don't more. Like that's okay. My mind is going okay. I'm done because I'm college educated and I can't do this. But um, basically, he can't read or write in jail. That dyslexic nigga will be able to figure that shit out. <laughs> yes, shout out to okay. um, Theo um, Huxtable. But <laughs> but yeah, I I just can't believe he, they don't have a program in jail for him to get a GED or something real quick. Or some simple reading class. They're fucking right. He would never be able to get a GED. That would that be grammatical errors. Yes. Oh, God. oh my goodness, people. But anyway, so that's that. Um, And I, you know what? It would be so dope because now that you want a little press tour and whatnot, I just feel like we sh- should reach out because we didn't say nothing too bad well i mean we said some shit but it's some shit that's real life but it would be kind of cool if we were to kind of get asriel on the show because i want to get someone side i don't even care if it's asriel asante whoever but it'll be nice to have someone's point of view on all of this who is actually inside because sometimes when you do shows like lifetimes you know surviving r kelly and stuff like that they do edit stuff down so you can't really get the full grasp of everybody i don't we don't need a hair braider on here we don't got that much time, you know. We're on the time limit, but you know, like with Joyce, you don't want me to on the show. Exactly, but <laughs> <laughs> but it, you know, talk about the twenty dollars she made for nine hours that she look, made for there for nine hours. I think we went too in on her. I don't think she wanted to call in, but <laughs> but it comes to the point where. It, you can really tell that these girls were really programmed and, you know, we, cause we joked about it and then we was like, okay, but on some real shit though, these girls are programmed and whatnot. And you can really tell these girls are programmed because you can tell the shift in attitude from when uh, Azrael was going all up for R. Kelly and stuff like that. And again, now that the empire is crumbling, now that he's not there to physically be with them, even his handlers, some of them go off the jail and stuff like that. And now she's like coming back in her right mind and stuff, and she's back with her family and her familiar territory. Now it's kind of like, okay, now all these stories and all, everything that I've been through. She said we were on we were some stupid asses lying like a motherfucker on that Gail King interview and stuff like that. So it's yeah, kind of, she did say that. Yeah, so now everything is like coming to light in a way where now the victims who were there for the longest, who were the last two standing, were at least the last one who's actually talking. Is able is now finally ready to start saying that hey we were on some program shit, and now that he's not here, now I feel a little more freedom, and but like you said these girls are gonna need some deep emotional help. It's, it go even hair braider. Everyone needs some deep emotional help from all this situation because they were they weren't in their right mind, and that shit is real. Like people really do can program you. People really can manipulate your mind and think otherwise. Is yeah, that- I mean, they were being held captive. Exactly. They, they've been held captive for the last, like, three years. Yes. So, you know, again, like I said, I, I think, and again, you know, it's no secret, Azra Clary already has some mental health issues. Mm-hmm. So, 
again, I just hope that she is strong enough to go ahead and stay away. Like I said, there's nowhere else to go. They ain't like y'all got shit down to the Trump Towers no more. Exactly. So. And I think with the way they was fighting and carrying on, whoever that is babysitting two of them <laughs> probably they probably does not want the two of them back together in the same space anymore anyway. I know if it were me and I had to babysit them two bitches, I wouldn't want neither one of them together and, you know, yeah. and be living together and in the same space and sharing the same space anymore. So, you know, again, like I said, I hope her parents get her the help that she needs. And as well as um, Joycelyn Savage as well. Like I said, first your parents need to get you a, need to get a different fucking attorney. Mm-hmm. And throw that Griggs in the garbage can. Yes. And then um, then you need to try to work your way on back home, girl. Exactly. So. Goodness. But enough about them. Let's move on to the yes. next story. Yes, we can so- talk about bitches all night long. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mr. Um, Mr. Trick Daddy himself, for everybody. So, y'all know, currently right now, the new season of Love Hip Hop Miami is on. So, I'm not for certain if this is a little... Yeah, they, I think the second episode just aired tonight. They yeah. just aired. They just are on episode two. So, you know, shout out to the hairless thug himself, or the um, half-scoutless thug himself, Trick Daddy. <laughs> so, Trick Daddy was... Uh, um, Arresting on staff, but anyways, well, I'm eight years old talking about baby because I'm a thug, but anyways, so Mr. Um, uh, Trick Daddy was arrested and um, charged with DUI and cocaine possession in Miami. So, according to the police PDF files on Saturday morning, um, a Miami Dade officer responded to a report of a driver hitting signs and running red lights. <laughs> I and whatever I that fucking charger. I didn't even know that shit could get up past 25 miles per hour. You was driving that bitch on three fucking wheels. But at any rate, and yeah, he hitting sides and shit. And then when they actually sounded, his ass was asleep. Right away. Yes. Yeah, at 3.30, at 3.20 a.m., when the officer approached the driver's side, the driver appeared to be asleep behind the wheel. So... <laughs> Once the uh, he was awakened by a knock on the window, the man identified as Marie Samuel Young, aka Trick Daddy, told the officer he had left the club uh, in Miami Gardens. And the affidavit said that he told the officer he had about five drinks hours after earlier at the club, and that he was dropping someone off. He had dropping somebody off at their house. Now was this a young girl that's supposed to be his girlfriend, allegedly on this? Who looks like a product of you and Joy put together? I swear to God, that's y'all story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the report said that he had slurred speech, bloodshot, watery, and glassy eyes, and that the officer smelled alcohol in his breath. He agreed to a field sobriety test, and he could not successfully complete it. So then he was taken to the um, police station, and while there, the police found cocaine inside of a dollar bill. While Trick Daddy was putting his possessions in a plastic bag. So he was well, one on a warrant for a driver under the influence. Um, he's 45 years old, too damn old. Uh, his bond was set at $5,000 on the cocaine possession, a thousand on the and then another thousand. Yeah, and yeah. of course, uh, back in April 2014, he was arrested and charged um, for possession of a firearm and ammunition by a convicted felon, possession of cocaine, and driving with a suspended license. In 1991, he was arrested on the cocaine possession charge, carrying a concealed firearm and violating probation. He served more than two years in prison, six years before the release of his 1997 debut album based on the true story. He was arrested in 2003 on assault charges. He was arrested on assault charges in 2003 again for threatening to kill a man over a street basketball game. 
It is rough out there in Dade County. I don't want to go nowhere near. You talk about fucking bad news. I don't want to go nowhere in Dade County. Exactly. I'm staying on on South Beach area where the hotels are and the beach and the uh, the sandy beaches and whatnot. But the big thing that came out of this story though wasn't just about his arrest history because he's like the Mel Kaya, if you will. But the more the big thing with the story was his mugshot. So in this mugshot. You know, he had um, some Beijing real strong in the front part of his head. Yeah, which looked like it ate up all his goddamn hair in the front. I don't know if he left that shit in too long and it overprocessed or what the fuck happened. But he got patches in the front of his head. Exactly. And so people making memes and putting wigs on top of his head and stuff like that, saying they're not going to let you go out like that trick. I don't know what was worse, Trina Brassen taking her wig off in her mugshot or uh, him had to take his cap <laughs> off in his mugshot. But the um, he did come out with a statement though on his Facebook page where he said he doesn't hurt easily. But y'all been hurting his feelings out here in these streets about his appearance because and we told y'all about this on the show too. And I think me and Monique talked about this behind the scenes when we was watching the show because we said last week like he had some Kate Dawn uh, cremation number five makeup on that to get yes. get the dead bodies. No, what the boy say? Oh, Chase the Dallas. What he told him. <laughs> But he was doing a nonsense. And he said, you know, when we involved the bodies, you, you supposed to be laying like this. And the boy said, well, you would know because you look like you got that funeral makeup. Uh-huh. But, um... It was beat to the guards to come in that old tattoo shop that he claimed was in the hood. But mind you, when they invited him, they said, yeah, it's in your neck of the woods. Yeah. In the area. Face beat to the guards. He said, you would know you got on that funeral home makeup. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, Trick Daddy said on his, um, Facebook page, let me get this right. You lie on me. Make fun of the fact that I have lupus and all this just with lice. Thank God I'm strong. Everything is funny until it hits close to home. My feelings don't hurt easily. I'm too worried about waking up tomorrow. Well, nigga, now he, of course, back in 09. Well, then you should have been doing cocaine and drinking five drinks if you was worried about waking up tomorrow. <laughs> Last time I know the people on lupus, they supposed to be doing cocaine or drinking. Exactly. So he was diagnosed with co- um, I said cocaine. He was diagnosed with lupus back in 2009. And he's been struggling for nearly a decade. There's been like reports where he's been getting sick and stuff like that. But even he admittedly said on, um, I don't know if it was an interview or on social media before he was talking about the black girls and their wigs and stuff like that, when he didn't want to need the lace front himself. But he said that he doesn't medicate with the medicine he's supposed to be taking for his lupus. He actually take cocaine instead. And he outwardly said this. The nigga with conviction. Well, Kaya said that time she was at his house and he was fried that chicken and stored at the same goddamn time. She exactly. said, I didn't want to eat that at your house, fuck nigga. Yes. He said, yeah, it was in the Breakfast Club interview. He said he medicates with cocaine and marijuana yeah, and that. his medicine. Nigga. And then he got that restaurant, uh, I'm about to call it First Sundays. What is it, Sundays? Sundays. Sundays. And, and treat the older sister in their fried chicken and their bacon macaroni and cheese. Exactly. Okay. The way George eating them fried ribs of it might be some cracking them ribs. But anyways, so uh, and then he got a little scab mark on his forehead. I don't know where that's from. Mustache like it was drawn with a lip liner. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> 
yes, that that bird shot was something else. Yes, so um, trick daddy, your feelings was hurt. Nigga, don't do that nothing. They had a goddamn bug shot. Yes, hurt feelings, but okay. <laughs> Anyways, so we'll see if this is going to be part of the later season of Love and Hip Hop Miami, which is going on right now. Because but, Black- they- but are they still filming? I mean, well, by the time the reunion stuff shoot, you know how VH1, they, they will put... probably talk about it during the reunion, because I'm yeah, pretty sure they Mona is probably done filming by now. Exactly, but we're on the block is that, according to Joyce, I was about to say Joyce, but Jocelyn Hernandez, the reason why Love and Hip Hop is, um, that they, why she had to come on Love and Hip Hop Miami, because VH1 was kind of saying, look, these numbers for this um, Love and Hip Hop Miami ain't looking too good, so... Well, for one, it's so many of them. Yeah. Cause that New York one, I have not watched. That is that come on, that come on tonight, and Miami comes on right behind it. And mm-hmm. I have not watched a single episode. That time when um, I turned when uh Chrissy was doing all that hollering and screaming, <laughs> and Yandy was just standing there looking at her like, "Girl, what?" When she was um, you know, said, "Don't make me yell." You already yelling. Like girl, what are you talking about? I haven't watched since then, and I I never I didn't watch the first episode. I've just kind of watched bits and pieces. I watched Miami last week by default because I get came home late from work, and you know how you just kind of want to turn the TV on and look at something to wind down. So I looked at that by default. Um. I, th- I followed all of Hollywood, which you know we're gonna talk about them a little later. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, you know, I don't know. I, I think, you know, this whole franchise, you know, I think it's starting to. It's starting to fade. I mean, it's been slowly come been, on to an end. Yeah. Yeah, it's been ten know, years, and you know. yeah, because I mean, are we really do we really want to see Mimi and Rashida at the age of sixty up there still? <laughs> Right. You know, all good things must come to an end at some point. Exactly. So we we we, we shall see. But yeah. So if y'all want to catch on VH1 people, Monday nights eight o'clock, Love Hip Hop New York, and at nine o'clock, Love Hip Hop Miami. I'm just waiting for April because that's usually when Love Hip Hop Atlanta come on. Like you said, sixty year old Rashida and um um Mimi or her what's her real name Abulgaba Baraba something. <laughs> so. <laughs> I mean, but how many more times can Mimi move? Exactly. And still be that young man, Tyrone. Again, how many more affairs can Kirk have? So, yeah, this is, yeah. yeah. Again, like I said, all thing, all good things must come to an end at some point. And it looks like this franchise may be slowly coming to an end. Mona needs to go ahead and executive produce and produce something, something else, get some new projects going. Yes, I'm Mona. It's time to move on now. But, um, Speaking of moving on, everybody. So let me get the proper song uh, queued up for this section real quick. Y'all know what fraternity always shimmy to this real quick. All right, so <laughs> so there's been a little uproar earlier this week, everybody. Um, regarding little boozy badass, I still call him little boozy, but of course he go by boozy badass now. 
so the whole situation happened where he went to the mall and he got his red sweatshirt and he was sitting courtside at the Houston Rockets and Atlanta Hawks game and he posted a few pictures of himself in some Kappa paraphernalia. So some yeah, of he said Kappa Fresh. Yes. So of course Shimmy Twitter was in the uproar and some of the members of the Kappa fraternity quickly entered and to he, the to take that and shit. He off. Had black, and he had black Twitter better than the summer bitch, honey. Yes. Yeah, first patty throwing up pyramids and they boosted bad asses wearing <laughs> Kappa <laughs> Kappa paraphernalia. Yeah, so you know, of course, some of the um, members um, or some of the brothers said that you know, look, take that shirt off, and some of was calling him an honorary member of the fraternity because y'all know y'all give that honorary uh, fraternity and sorority titles out like willy nilly sometimes to certain people. Uh, yeah, but cause <laughs> let me tell you, when I saw this story, I don't know why I hardly laughing. This story was so funny to me. And first of all, actually. Let me shout out my sororals of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. First of all, today is our today is our founders day. Um, we were founded January thirteenth, nineteen thirteen, on the campus of Howard University by twenty two dynamic, phenomenal women. Um, so let me just shout out and say happy, happy, happy founders day to all my sororals of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. I love you all dearly. Um, let me say that. So, what better to have to talk about this story today? <laughs> so, like I said, and what was funny to me was his reasoning behind the whole thing. <laughs> so, he stated that he was just in a bar, he was looking for something to wear red, and he saw the sweatshirt and thought it was dope, and he decided to cop it. And again, like um, Reggie said, he was seen courtside at the Atlanta, what was it, Atlanta Hawks and what game? The Houston Rockets game. Yeah. So, um, now we all know the rich history behind the Divine Nine, and everybody knows that if you ain't and and everybody knows that if you are not a member of one of those nine Greek letter organizations, you have absolutely no goddamn business wearing any paraphernalia, and that means to sweatshirts, t-shirts, hoodies, um, hats. Keychains, shoelace string. I got it. I got some Delta Sigma Theta um shoelace string covers. I got a toothbrush holder. That means you are absolutely not to have any of these things in your possession if you are not a member of one of the Divine Nine Greek letter organizations. And so, um, the the noobs they were talking about running up on Boosted Badass. Now I don't know. You know, Kappas are known to be pretty, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm not sure which. A which set of these um news was gonna run up on Boosie, but they were talking about running up on him. Um, and then I don't know, do we have audio or the video? I don't know why this story is just it was hilarious to me when I read the story. Oh, let me see if I had um, let me double check for you all. And I don't know if we do, but then in the video, he was talking about how the capper should be mad at him, they should be mad at the man in the ball who stole him. This- <laughs> <laughs> on the low, so um, I I just I when I read the story, I was in Herbalife and I busted out in the loudest burst of laughter. My Herbalife coach 
was looking at me like I was crazy for what I had already just had to get her together. Because when I walked in that bitch, she was blasting R. Kelly. Like, you can hear outside of the parking lot. You know, she Mexican, so I don't know if she knew any better. And I was like, oh, no, ma'am, sis. We do <laughs> not listen to R. Kelly anymore. You're going to have to turn that off if you want me to continue to be a patron here. So she's like, oh, mommy, oh, mommy, did not know. I did not know. I said, yes, ma'am, Miss Rice, he is in jail. <laughs> So then I just happened to get, you know, like I said, oh, uh, checking the, you know, checking the blinds and stuff. And then I see the story. But since then, um, Boosie Badass has apologized and he's hot back on Instagram. That took place on Thursday, January the 10th. And this time, you know, he didn't troll the members of Kappa Alpha <laughs> Psi. He actually, you know, wanted to show his appreciation. I mean, he also, I guess, stated that he never knew that that was one of their, um, you know, party hops. So just like the Q's, they always party hop to um, Atomic Dog. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Kappa's, their, you know, party hop, their stroll is um, Boosie Badass, Wipe Me Down. Yes. So, you know, he stated that the organization was a terrific organization. And, you know, basically, you know, he did say, you know, that he was not a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. He apologized for his actions. And then also there was some talk that um he stated he did want the Kappa to teach him to stroll. So, again, bitch, you about to do something that you have no business doing because you should not be doing a stroll if you are not a member of Kappa Alpha Psi. But, um, this there was some talk about him um giving I guess six thousand yeah. dollars to the um I guess to whatever cappers have the best stroll. Mm-hmm. So I mean I guess all is well that um you know I guess all ends well that is well I guess it's the same but child <laughs> this was the funniest story to me like I said first time they throwing up them fucking pyramids <laughs> well, I can't remember fucking pyramids I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta um tiny throwing up the pyramids because um her her late sister-in-law, Precious, told her that it was okay to do that. So, Tiny's up here throwing up pyramids, and now Boosie got a whole-ass cap of sweatshirt on. The, the sweatshirt was cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you said, it was hard when you started in the mall, but here's his little video reaction and his reasoning for it here. I'm finna start shimming. They gotta teach me. And I'm finna start, I'm finna, I'm finna teach you the real finna start shimming. I got the right to do that. <laughs> Y'all listen to my music, wipe me out. I'm finna start shimming, they gotta teach me. Yeah, they dance all my, gotta show me how to do the dance. What that sign is? <laughs> it's like what that sign is. They throwing up with the three fingers. <laughs> <Love>. <laughs> what that sign they throwing up? They throwing up three fingers. <laughs> they like this. Show me how to do the dance. Let me see it. Let me see it. 
Let me see they move. <laughs> All right, people. So, um, <laughs> he said he got the right to because y'all shimmy to his song all day, every day. But you know what? Again, people, it's one of those just as black people, you shouldn't, it's like those things you should know better. Like me, like my brother, he's a Q. I saw this nice jacket. It was this, uh, it was that Urban Outfitters. It was this purple um, kind of vinyl-like jacket, but it had like a gold zippers on it. And I was like, okay, this is nice. But I was like, look, I don't want no confusion in these streets, so I'm going to leave it there. So I never got the jacket. <laughs> yeah, and I'm telling you, I don't know about no cap was running up on Bootsy Badass. Yeah. But um, <laughs> you are... You, we've talked about him on the show before. Yes. Um, this guy that I knew from Newport News, and you know, he was a minister and all this other stuff. <laughs> and, um, and you know, he went to jail. We talked about him before, but <laughs> he was always a self proclaimed, a self proclaimed Q mm. or whatever. And I never forget, we were in the alley one night. Nope. And he was in there barking and throwing Mm-mm. up hooks that he had absolutely no business doing. The next thing I know, about 15 cues beat his ass. Exactly. In the corner. So, I'm telling you, you know, like I said, I don't know about no cappers, you know, rolling up on Boosie Badass. But I know that them cues, they fucked him up in the alley. <laughs> He in there barking and throwing up and throwing up hooks that he had absolutely no business doing, and they it was about fifteen of them. And um, his and I guess he did it because a, um, or he would always claim to be a Q because his mother's boyfriend was a Q, and then one of his good friends who was also a pastor. And runs one of the local and owns one of the local funeral homes in Newport News is a Q. So I think I guess he felt like he was well within his rights to um, do that. But they fucked him up and his mama ex-boyfriend happened to be in a club at the time and before he could get to him, they had fucked him up. <laughs> Talk about a dog fight for real, for real. So moral of the story, people, is if you see some paraphernalia, buy it as a gift for somebody that's actually in the fraternity or sorority. But don't wear your damn self. I mean, even if you plan for dress up a costume play, no, none of that. Don't don't do it. It's just a written law amongst black people and those who's in the Greek organizations and whatnot. You, you just you know you just don't do it, and don't insult them either, people, because they will beat your ass. They took enough hazing already to have enough willpower to beat your ass. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the and the um, you know, reason for it, like you said, you know, they feel like they have worked hard for them letters. Nobody went through to take them them beatings and them bruises and them patents, but they answer, you do not have the right to wear anything that they have worked hard for and you have not been through it. So, you know, I get like I get it. Like you said, I'm a member of Delta Sigma Theta. You know, I was offended when Tiny was throwing up pyramids, but I guess she felt like her sister in law, you know, stated that she could do it. So, you know, I I, I get it. But I'm telling you that story was funny to me. Yes. <laughs> so um now move on to another story, everybody. So um the bag, you know, B2K was, you know, on the high last year, one of the most successful tours of 2019, the reunion tour, the Millennium Tour. And it came to a halt in a sense because of the fact that Lil Fizz, aka Fizzle Pop, 
was out here dating April Jones, aka who wanted to throw a pussy around to everybody on the streets, and every B2K member at that fact, you know, they started dating or seeing each other on the low. And Monique got on live every time, was upset about the whole situation. Then have and Marvin is unbothered. We call him old bothered because he's not bothered by the situation at all. He, you know, throwing stage across himself and stuff like that. It's showing you how to be zen and not worry about the bullshit. And what he did on Lil Fizz's birthday was announce the new Millennium Tour for 2020. And it's going to be him solo. And it's going to be Bow Wow. And it's going to be the same people who were on the tour last year. So, of course, we saw in the Hollywood reunion where J-Bug was like, look, you know, you, you fumbled the bad because you wanted to fuck with April instead like that. And now it appears that the, uh, April and Lil Fizzle Pop are no longer together because they unfollowed each other on social media, which we know. In the 2019-2020 kind of world, that's like... Yeah, that means if you want to follow, that means you are done, done. Yes. So then April got on Claudia Jordan's talk show on Fox Soul, which is an app that you can download. And they have, like, these talk shows with Keisha Cole hosting the show and uh, Cynthia, aka 51 Cent, because uh, she turned a real decent last night on Real Housewives of Atlanta. But Mike Hill, he got his own show on that uh, app as well. So on Claudia Jordan's show, April spoke on the situation, and she said that um, they just focusing on their kids in a sense so here's what she had to say yourself to somebody like that and not care about what judgment is going to come from it and you know like i said i guess i'm grateful that i had somebody like that in my life during that hard time and people and still are you guys you guys break up because that's like the reports now um you know drew is a great man and his focus is on Cam. My focus is on my children, and we are where we are. Mm-hmm. And I- so you did all that fighting and piping up on little um, real house, not real house, but love hip hop Hollywood. Just y'all to turn around and break up a week after. Yeah, and I actually watched that whole interview, and it actually wasn't a bad, bad interview. But like you said, you know these two lovebirds. It looks like they have called it quits and. For you guys um, who know the full story, and for those of you who don't, little like like Reggie said, little teeny tiny fizzle pop. He was a part of the group B2K, and then April has two children by Omarion, who is actually also he was like he's the lead singer for B2K. Um, and then obviously little teeny tiny fizzle pops bandmate. So April and Fizz, they were just on this uh last past season of Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. And so they went through this whole thing of are you or are you all not a couple, the item, are you all together? So pretty much about midway through the season is when they decided to go public publicly with their relationship and it looks like the, it was their storyline and everybody else's too you know mm-hmm. she got into it with Paris about whether or not she had been lying to them she got into it um, with uh, Zero the Monster about whether or not you know she had been lying to them and then I guess the issues that she started having caused her to lose her job um with uh who was she with Jason with Jason Lee she mm-hmm. was supposed to be co-hosting with him on Hollywood Unlocked. So this whole relationship caused a lot of problems, you know, for her being able to secure her bag yeah. as well. So um <clears throat> 
So again, you know, April states that Fizz was there for her in ways that she just can't describe. She stated that, I guess, when her and Omarion broke up, she went through this bout of depression where she did not eat, she did not sleep. Um, She was physically ill and Omarion, or I'm sorry, and Fizz was there for her. So what I did, what she did say on when she was on um, Claudia Jordan's show, she stated, I guess, and this is what I guess nobody knows, she stated that their relationship kind of came to be because she said she was single for like three years and then again like you know when she needed something and needed someone he was there and then their friendship involved um evolved into a relationship and so again when she was asked had they broke you know were they broken up you guys heard her she stated well what he's decided to do is focus on his uh, son Cam which is the little boy that he has with Moni Slaughter and then she stated that she has decided to focus on her own two children um, so you know everybody repeatedly told Fizz's ass you know that he you know she, she was fucking up his bag mm-hmm. and it was not going to work um, you know, and to go ahead and leave her alone. And he just kept stating that he did not see it that way. So just like Reggie said last year, I believe it was in November on Fizz's birthday, mm-hmm. Omari announced that he was going to be doing the Millennial Tour as a solo gig, as a solo act. And I guess on that tour, it was supposed to be um, Bow Wow, the Yin Yang Twins, Lil Sammy, Lloyd, um, Pretty Ricky, and Soldier Boy. And Ashanti now. Okay, and Ashanti as well. And so then, you know, April, she, you know, did state that, you know, and honestly, she didn't really go into their breakup. The only thing she stated, she really didn't address anything. The only thing she stated was that they were focusing on their kids independent of each other. Mm-hmm. But she did state, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure um, about this, but she was stating that, um, she holds like she has her own line of wine or whatever that she's been promoting and she does these motivational um almost like workshops and seminars for young ladies that are pretty much have been in the same predicament as as she, you know, when that are you know, that are suffering or has suffered suffered through depression, you know, has emotional issues, they're going through issues, you know, with the children of their um their father, um, their children's father, things of that nature. Um, so you can go to this go to these workshops, you can sip on this wine. This wine is available, you know, for also sale. And so, you know, for you guys that are interested in learning more about April and her wines, you can go to aprilwines.com. You know, I've also heard that she has um, given full full physical custody over to Amarion as well. Yeah. So not sure um what she can do for me and what I can learn from her. But if anybody else is interested, you definitely can check out her website. You know, if you want to go to one of these motivational workshops, you can do that as well. Now some people are stating that this is all for um, you know, stunts and shenanigans and shows. And um they think that this is, you know, some type of storyline for next season's Love and Hip Hop Hollywood. So what you think about this? I mean, they got to start early because they start shooting like what in May or April, May, and the show premieres in August. So it, it might be a possibility. 
Like, I feel like the whole Joe Budden and Sin Santana breakup, even though it seemed, seemed genuine, it seemed like it was part of the storyline for this season. And they've been out together as a recent and stuff like that. So, you know, well, I th- well, I- I've always thought that whole storyline was fake, even when they were on Love and Hip Hop New York last year. And this whole he doesn't want to have sex with me. And you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think the postpartum that part was that part was real, but he doesn't want to have sex with me, he doesn't want to touch me. But you just had a whole ass baby by him, so you are worth fucking, and you are worth fucking, you know, nine months ago, yeah. So I think that that was a whole storyline as well. Like I said, I feel like, you know, this franchise is kind of slowly or certain, certain, certain franchises of this whole brand um, are are slowly starting to fizzle out. So, you know, again, like I said, I never believed that shit with them last year. So now, you know, this year or this season, they're not even a couple. So, okay. I mean. Yeah, it's it's you know when he gave her a whole ass engagement ring and all this other stuff. So now they're completely you know not a couple anymore. And Erica Mina is now trying to hook up to you know trying to hook to Harry back up with him. Just you know, come on. Yeah. So you know they're stating that this whole Fizz and April breakup may just be you know a storyline for next season's um love and hip hop Hollywood. And you guys let us know. You guys um tell us what you think as well. Exactly, exactly. So, moving on to someone that's about to do some things here in America, um, Meghan uh, Markle and Prince Harry. So, they say we're done with the royal bullshit, and we're about to come to America real quick. So, they announced um, last week that after many months of reflection and internal discussions, we have chosen to make a transition this year, starting to carve out a progressive new role within this institution. So, and the uh, couple stated that we intend to step back as senior members of the royal family and work to uh, become financially independent while continuing to fully support Her Majesty the Queen. So, the Queen released a statement earlier today through her people. She said, although we would have preferred them to remain full-time working members of the royal family, we respect and understand their wish to live a more independent life as a family while remaining a valued part of my family, the Queen has said. So, as you all know, Meghan Markle, she was an actress. She was on the one that, uh, it was a show I actually used to watch called Suits. It was on USA. Yeah, on USA. And she was an um, actress. And, of course, she's um, half, she's biracial, half black, half white. And pretty much, she, you know, met Prince Harry, who's been down with this world for a long time. You see him in the videos and stuff like that. He, you know, had to dap up real good to the Africans and stuff like that. So, he's been part of the cookout <laughs> game for a long time. <clears throat> yeah, so look at Meghan Markle over there shaking up shit, shaking yeah. up shit over there in Great Britain. I know that damn queen is fit to be fucking tied. He done up and married a nigga. <laughs> yes, and then on top of that, she got her, she did this, did this girl, got her grandbaby, getting ready to split his time up between Great Britain and North America. I know that bitch is fit to be tied over there, you know, because she used to run and shit, and they used to doing whatever she said that was the issue with her and, and Princess Diana. She could not run her and tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. So, pretty much, um, the reason of Prince Harry, because now looking at a lot of interviews and stuff that Prince Harry was doing, he basically was like, you know, she's been going through a lot of shit over there uh, in the in the UK ever since they got married or even since they started dating. You know, she's been the subject to tabloids where they're calling her a monkey or saying racial stuff towards her or they would talk about her 
outfits, but praised Kate Middleton, and she was wearing the same basic same thing. That's um, what's the brother named the dull one? Oh, uh, um, George William Prince William. You um, know, the the um. See, that's how dirty is. I don't even know his exactly. Name. Um, but they say Prince Harry, not um Prince Charles' real son. They said the animals out here creeping in these streets, but that's not here nor there because she's not here to tell a story. But the reason why um, Prince Harry is so concerned with um, the well-being of um, Meghan, especially their son Archie now, because he saw what they did to his mother. And he did this interview where he basically said um, he would never forget that when he was young and when his mother died, that the paparazzi, if y'all remember the story, the paparazzi was chasing her, uh, Diana and her side. And, and her boyfriend, yeah. Yeah, they were chasing them during the uh, in the tunnel and they crashed into the wall. Now, the thing is, Prince Harry said that those same photographers that were chasing them and saw them crash would continue to take pictures of her dying body in the backseat of the car where someone could have gotten uh, immediate attention and help. And when they were blocking the tunnel, they were basically not allowing the medical responders to yeah, come in the tunnel. Through, yeah. So they basically watched her die on purpose. And he felt some resentment towards that. So now that he has his own family, his own setup, and he's seeing how they treated his mother, he wants to protect his wife and his, his child at all costs, which is okay. And then it was his part of the, um, when they did, had their wedding last year, or whenever they had their wedding, it was this part in the wedding where he heard like this boom outside or something and he mouthed it like to his uh, security guards or whoever. He was like, I hope Megan's okay. So you can tell he got like a piece of PTSD in there somewhere that he just wants to protect his family and he's not here for the bullshit at all. <laughs> oh yeah, what you about to say? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, and it's nothing, and it's nothing wrong with that. You know, like you said, you know, seeing, you know, what they did to his mom. And I and I have been, I don't really follow them a whole, whole lot. You know, I, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I think that Megan Markle, I think she is funny looking. Um, <laughs> you know, I think he could have done much better. I know y'all probably going to say I'm bashing black women, just like the girl said I was messing with you. You know, I, I don't uplift the black women and shit like that. I think he could have found a much prettier black girl. So I don't really follow them like that, but I remember just kind of hearing stories of, you know, her stating that she's being followed by the paparazzi. Like you said, she's being called all these names and things like that. But the other, here's the flip side to that. And let me just play devil devil's advocate for a minute. You also knew that that comes along with the territory when you marry into this family. Mm -hmm. So you also, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? You knew that you just weren't going to be at liberty, liberty to just walk around freely. You know what I'm saying? And and nobody not snap a picture. You know, nobody not make a comment. Now, the comments are not nice. You know, they're belittling. They, they belittle her. You know, it's, it's racist and all those things. But you also have to expect to some, you know what I'm saying? Mm. To a certain degree that those things were going to happen. But again, first and foremost, you know, what is most important is the safety of their child. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, like you said, that Prince, um, that other that other brother, you know, <clears throat> I guess, you know, they don't get it the way that, that he gets it. You know, like you said, he's he's always been one to kind of go against the grain anyway. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when he was over here in the States, he was partying. Yeah. He was always in Vegas. 
you know what I'm saying? So again, you know, he's always the one to go against the grain. It's always that one. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I know that grandmother is fit to be fucking bad. Because yeah. he up and married this nigga, then she ain't the cutest nigga out the bunch. Like I said, I, I really do believe, you know, he could have gave him a better looking black girl. Um, mixed or not, all mixed kids ain't that goddamn cute, believe it or not. Um, they skin is fair. <laughs> so, um, you know, but again, you know, I guess you wish the will on that devil. So we done with this story. <laughs> yes, we're going to cancel out this story. No, but and then she did secure a job with Disney. Apparently, she's going to be doing some voiceover work now for Disney. So she's securing the uh, Disney check as well. But uh, speaking of making her best friend Serena, so Serena Williams, uh, Black Girl Magic segment, she has uh, snapped her first tennis title since becoming the mom. And her family was able to share that moment well, with her. Ain't baby about four? <laughs> what? Okay, you know what? I don't think I'm going to go on your because the people say I don't know the black girls. <laughs> what? Ain't that baby about four? Yes. I don't know. Three or, I don't know. Two or three or something. I don't know. But, um, oh, she too. Hmm. She gave birth to her two years ago. <laughs> so, congratulations. She didn't want no title since then. <laughs> Out. So congratulations to Serena. What? Girl, congratulations to you. Look at black excellence. Talk about black girl magic. Say, now why she ain't won no title in about fifteen years? Two years. Okay. Oh goodness. So um, moving on now. So well, what is her sister doing? What is Venus doing? We don't never care about her. I know. Remember Venus and Serena used to have a clothing line at Stephen Barry's back in the day? Y'all don't know, y'all know about Stephen Barry's, but that used to be the shop to go to. The It was like a whole athletic store and stuff like that, but you can buy some shit there for under $10. It gives my that store. You know, he has money, but you know, uh, he, he used to shop there all the time, and that used to be my spot to get all the birthday and Christmas gifts and stuff like that, because um, Venus and Serena had the clothing line there. Um, old crazy ass um, Amanda Bynes had a clothing line there before she was talking about uh, Drake murdering her pussy and throwing dogs uh, out windows <laughs> and thousands of gasoline and setting up fire. Um, <laughs> um, um Starberry, the, the shoe, um, cheap version of the Shaq, so the Jordans, but people were clowning them, but they were $6 and $10, so you couldn't go wrong with that. <laughs> But you know, it was. A, I um, take it this store is now closed. <laughs> oh, they've been closed, but Stephen Barry okay. used to be the shit though. <laughs> but um, that we had a store at Newport News. <laughs> I think I, it was that college. Yeah, it was that Coliseum. The, the, the only sports store I remember at Coliseum is Sports Authority. It was no, it wasn't in Coliseum. It was in um one of the little shopping centers. Yeah, because um Sports Authority was in Coliseum Crossing, which is yeah. right across the street from Coliseum Mall. But I ain't never heard of that store. Yeah. Shit, but um, <laughs> anywho, so real quick, some little um stories real quick for the news. So Steve Harvey's daughter, um Lori Harvey, she just celebrated her twenty third birthday. So she's out there in Jamaica right now, living it up with Normani, Jordan Woods. Um, Winnie Harlow and uh, some other people, but she uh, when she gets back to America though she's gonna come for the nice uh, birthday surprise though because she has officially been charged in the hit and run case from late October 
according to the media files, she was hit with one count of resisting, delaying, and obstructing the police officer, as well as one count of hit and run that resulted in property damage. So both the charges are misdemeanors, and she's expected to be arraigned later this month. So the incident occurred in L.A. last October when Lori was involved in an automobile accident and attempted to flee the scene. So the accident resulted in damage of a parked car as well as her Mercedes G-Wagon being tipped over. So they said at the time of um, the arrest or the time at the uh, crime, the authorities said that she did not stay at the scene of the accident and that she uh, subsequently apprehended nearby. So, uh, of course, Mr. Uh, Steve Harvey hasn't said anything about this, but... um, she, you know, she's out here with um, Future now. They apparently be dating, but then this thing, nigga, uh, say you were playing Duck Duck Goose when he was in Trey Song's car last year, but you with him? Okay, now. Is she back with him? I thought, I, the last thing I read was she had um, left him and gone back to her daddy's house. And then she, she remember she was with Diddy. having baby number 56. And she back with him. Remember she was with Diddy last year, and before she was with Diddy, she was with her, her son, uh, his son, Quincy. I'm not Quincy, um, Christian, not Christian, the other one. Um, the one that went to USCLA. That's stay out of trouble. But um Is that Albert yeah. Shore's son? Uh uh-uh, not that one. Oh. Um Lisa Hen's son. Um oh, wow. can't think of his name right now. But the front part of the matter of that you was dating the father and son, fucking with Trey Songs, fucking with Future, he called you Duck Duck Goose and he back with him. Shows what your self-esteem is, but I hey, like your mother, you gotta flock together. So she um gonna come for the nice birthday birthday surprise. Now mm-hmm. this other story was a little bizarre. So Dina Lohan, y'all know Lizzie Lohan's mother, she's fifty-seven years old, and she was arrested Saturday evening in Long Island outside of an outback steakhouse. So <laughs> now here I am thinking of a blooming onion and whatnot. And here she go getting arrested. So what happened in the court PDF files, she was charged with driving while intoxicated, leaving the scene of an accident, operated an unregistered vehicle, operated an unexpected vehicle, driving without a license, and aggravated unlicensed operation of a vehicle in the third degree. She said, now give the If you were over to, to Outback Steakhouse, bitch. and let me tell you something, did you have that, um, they got a good seafood platter. Have you had it? It's- I have a gift card, but I haven't been there yet. With the grill shrimp or the barbie. Mm. And it's a whole lobster tail and two crab cakes. Mm -mm. That do sound good. Very good. (laughs) Bitch, you could have taken you an Uber to get the Outback. You didn't have to do all that. Yeah, so she pled guilty to all, um, not guilty to all charges in her arraignment on Sunday and returned home. So she never had a sobriety test. Uh, and we take the position that they are not going to be able to establish that she was driving while intoxicated. So this whole story went that she, uh, she had another car while leaving the Outback Steakhouse in uh, Long Island on Saturday night at around 7 p.m. And there was no real damage. So she did not stop after the accident. So the man whose car she hit followed her to her house in the next town in North Merrick. So when police showed up, they were tagging along the man who hit her car, uh, who car he, she hit, and traveling her too. So um, the, when police showed up, they said that she allegedly refused to get out of the car, and when she finally did, she fell to the ground. She then claimed she <laughs> had just one glass of wine and refused to take the breath test. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Trick daddy? What is wrong with you people? Why you just don't go out, have you a nice time, and get your ass back home? 
and get a Lyft or Uber. They give you discounts and little credits and stuff like that. And the drinks ain't that strong at Outback Steakhouse if you're acting like this. Hell no. <laughs> what the hell? God damn. <laughs> so, speaking Not of... Not that she was just drinking shot after shot after shot. Because them goddamn drinks that I drink there, they taste like Kool-Aid. Exactly. All mixed and no liquor. But here she go. And it, ain't, up. and it ain't like they got like, you know, top, you know, the like, top the, shelf yeah, shit. like the top shelf shit there. I mean, we talk about Outback. Yes. Outback that's like going out. to, yeah, that's like going to <laughs> IHOP and getting a drink. I exactly. mean, even though we don't have those sell alcohol, but still. I mean, yeah. it's not like they're selling top shelf shit. So what is the fuck is you drinking there that you was getting that drunk? Then you refuse to get out the car because you know your ass is drunk as a bitch. <laughs> and then you fall to the ground. <laughs> bitch, what? Oh, goodness. But speaking of falling to the ground and um, basically going to be on the ground in the cardboard box, um, shout out to your church members, but Pastor John Gray. So yeah. this is a story that I just keep on giving to the show, people. So we haven't talked about Pastor John Gray in a long time because, of course, we haven't done the show in a while. But the last time we talked about Pastor John Gray was on some shit with him and Ace Ventura, his wife. Yeah, um, and you know, because he's had so much to happen. Let's just kind of go. Would you like me to give a rundown? I'm going to mm-hmm, let you give a rundown. <laughs> so, okay. So for those of you who don't know Pastor John Gray, Gray is the black face that Pastor Joel Osteen used to draw the African-American crowd to his, um, and all the millennials, to his church down in Texas. Then y'all know that um, Oprah Winfrey gave him a show on her network, on her network, and it was called The Book of John Gray. Then um, he also used to be a part of Kirk Franklin and the family. Today wasn't a family no goddamn mom. <laughs> then he had a talk show. I can't remember if that was on the CW network on Fox or wherever, whatever network it was. He had a talk show called The Pastors, and that was with E. Dewey Smith. I really like E. Dewey Smith, though. And Jamal Harrison Bryant, so you already know that suspect. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then it was like along the lines of a Christian-based sister circle but I'm not too sure how Christian-based it was because one time Gray was up there and he was talking about when he first met his wife Aventa. Um, she was at the church praise dancing and he wondered if she could drop it low for Jesus in the same manner as she did when she was praise dancing to Yes, Jesus Loves Me. He was talking about, you know, he wasn't imagining her on the pole and all this shit. I was like, okay, yeah. So then we've talked about him, like Reggie said, we've talked about him in the past on our show. Um, you know, he was really, really, he, he really made it big on the show when he gifted his wife a very expensive, uh, truck. I believe it was what a Lambo truck mm-hmm. for their, uh, eighth year wedding anniversary. And then right after he gifted her the Lambo, he turned around and went to his congregation and was begging for hundreds of thousands of dollars for them to put a new roof on the church. So then, um, there was the infamous cheating scandal, which then explains the whole Lambo truck that he gifted to his um, wife. So then after that, that dad down, he went down to the potter's house and T.D. Jakes 
um, casted out the spirit of suicidal <laughs> ideations and all that shit because he fucked up and cheated on his wife and you was like, yeah, I don't understand this. So you become suicidal after you done did all these fuck ups and cheat on your wife. Now you suicidal. Yes. <laughs> so once that was all behind him, him and him and Aventa, they announced that they were going to be moving to South Carolina and they were going to be taking over the Redemption Church. The Redemption Church was founded by uh, Ron Carpenter and his wife, and they relocated to California to minister in California. So then I guess when he took over the Redemption Church in South Carolina, he changed it to the Relentless to the relentless church so this past christmas right around this past christmas some tea began to drop and spilled over and run all over out my cup <laughs> and so they were saying that the relentless church or the relentless people were about to be homeless and they were actually supposed to be out of the church they were due to be out by december the 31st so, and this was due to unpaid um, rent and taxes and other expenses. Now, according to Gray, he stated that a fourteen million dollar debt was inherited when was inherited when he took over the church, and the only thing he had with Ron Carpenter was a verbal agreement. So, you know, he he is my take on all of this foolishness. Now, look, I ain't the most spiritual person. Reggie, the one that, um, you know, got the whole seminary degree okay. and all this other stuff. <laughs> so, you know, for me, you know, everything has a price. And, and I feel like, you know, when God speaks to you and he speaks through you, he's not going to tell you to do something, you know, for your own selfish gains. And, you know, when he speaks to you, God speaks to you in such a way that he will never set you up to fail. Mm-hmm. So everything that he, you know, does is is always gonna be for his glory. So I I don't understand what would make him make such a major life change and decision, and he not seek any legal counsel and representation. Someone just gives you a church and you don't get any attorneys involved, any of that involved, and you just go on a verbal agreement and a handshake. And even though some verbal agreements will hold up in a court of law, you talking about a $14 million debt that you inherited. And according to him, he was under the impression that the church was debt free. And again, you didn't ask to see any type of paperwork. You didn't ask to see any type of proof that you was inheriting a debt-free church mm. so you know my thing is let's just call a thing a thing Ron Carpenter saw a black ass fool is <laughs> what he saw he saw him coming a mile away and then I believe Gray and his wife they saw dollar size they were thirsty i think they were willing to do any and everything to keep this old lifestyle of that you know elite church world going that nigga shit going you know so they can continue to buy red bottoms and every time you see her she is in red bottoms and gucci he's in you know the finest of the finest as well so, you know, I just feel like, you know, he saw, he saw a whole ass fool coming. I just don't understand how you could take over a church of that magnitude and multitude and you don't seek no type of legal counsel and you don't get anybody else involved. Y'all go on a verbal agreement and a handshake. Right. Oh, napkin lease. Yeah. So, you know, I just, like I said, you know, I would... 
we've always had our questions about him. I've always, you know, kept my good eye on him. I've always been skeptical, skeptical of him. And so, you know, my thing is this, we need to get on back to the old time way where the people were truly seeking the word of God and, you know, they, you know, they were teaching there was teaching so you could be seeking how to how to you know build a better relationship with god and it's not about what the building looks like and what the edifice looks like yeah so you know i i just i like i said i I just don't get him and so now today you know at first you know he was stating that you know people out of his tent were just stating that it was rumors it wasn't true they weren't going anywhere so now um today they've what they've been saying is they have actually there are eviction papers that have been filed um down in the court in south carolina and i think i don't know are they already out the building I don't think, well, I didn't see that they were out, but they pretty much basically, when you get that eviction notice, you can't pay, you know, it's time to go. Yeah, and, and you guys, you guys have to tell us what you all think. I, I think it's a couple different things, you know, just, you know, what what about you, Reggie? Do you feel like he was ready to pastor a church of that multitude? Do you think that, you know... He, you know, it was he was motivated by greed and thirst. You know, do you think he should even be pastoring and sitting up on the pulpit, given his past, and um, you know, or do you think he just truly didn't know any better and he just got got by Ron Carpenter and he was totally blindsided, or was this a scheme set up by Todd? You know, to come <laughs> to us with bullshit, and this is a whole, you know, um, this is a whole you know, plot line and storyline for the next season or the book of John Gray, this him is this him is some open bullshit. <laughs> you know, or does he need to go on and get back with Kirk Franklin and the family for a little reunion tour? You know, I think he bit off more than he could chew because remember he kept basically wanting to separate himself from Joel Osteen, who we know his situation where he wanted to, you know, kick people out of Houston from um evacuating to his church. Yeah, he, he didn't want to open up his church, yeah. So we already knew that line of bullshit there. Excuse my language for doing this um, segment as a pastor myself. But the um, situation <laughs> is that we've seen, I see if it was like one situation where he got himself into something, it was like, okay, we forgive you. But it's been line something after something after something with John Gray from buying Ace Ventura, that uh, trucking and begging his congregation to pay for it basically after the fact because he knew he was wrong for cheating, then having old Uncle T.D. Jace and his tight-ass shirts now talking about, oh, let me, you know, bless the demons out of you and the demons are cheating and stuff like that, knowing that, okay, you lied about it, then you got caught, now you have to confess about it. So I think he built off more than he could chew trying to take on such a of a magnitude of a church because even his congregation, where on the block was that, they were kind of leaving. So he didn't really have the numbers like that, and now he tried to do something bigger in a new place, and it just didn't quite work out. So now... Well, but- Oh, no, that was just about to say, now just saying that it's a uh, hearing schedule for January 31st to show relentless, for, for relentless to show the court why it shouldn't be evacuated, um, I mean, evict- evicted. And he actually had a uh, sermon on Sunday where he said that, you know, we're not going nowhere and I'll see you next week. So he's keeping the faith, but will the faith keep him out of court and not be evicted? Yeah, and how did you think that you was going to take over that and the only thing you had to pay was the utility bills? 
Exactly. <laughs> like you had to, like, you know, you, and then, you know, they were stating that he also had, and we saw this on um the book of John Gray, how he, I know, we know at least of, of one family that he had moved all the way down there, all the way down there with him. You know, they say he had them people staying in hotels. Yeah. You know, several different families uprooted their life, you know, their lives to follow him. And he had them people stay in the hotels because they said the church also owned like other homes. Then they, then they, um, you know, got him with this one point two million dollar home. I don't know if they built it for him, and I don't know if it was supposed to be in the mortgage on that home. There was just like several bills that just went unpaid. Like I said, unpaid, um, you know, taxes and mm-hmm. unpaid rental agreements and things like that. Like I said, I don't understand how you could take over something like that and just think that all you had to do was pay the utility bills. Exactly. And well, make sure the church had enough bread and wine for communion diet. Exactly. So good. So enough Dollar Tree Bibles. But, you know, we'll definitely... um keep up with this story because like we said the um the court case is on january 31st so we'll know after the 31st if they'll be seeing um john gray on first sunday at church for communion and um, wine and crackers yeah because they say he made this the made the comment when he had the new year's eve service the watch night service how he was telling them been disturbing that they weren't even supposed to be in there that night mm-hmm Oh, they were supposed to be there that night. So, you know, again, like I said, I don't think, I don't, there is no way, you know, he seems to be very smart. You know what I'm saying? I don't, you know, even I know, you know, you wouldn't get involved in a deal like that and not at least seek some type of legal counsel and have some type of legal representation. You know, I just, you know, you don't get that far. And again, you don't get that far by being dumb. Well, then again, maybe you do. I don't know. Because then the other thing was, you know, like I said, I don't know if Ron Carpenter saw a whole black ass fool coming. Because again, you know, they have this mindset. Like I said, they have this nigga mentality. You get a little bit of something and then you blow all your money. Like I said, I've always, and and, and this is not to say, you know, because I, I love a brand. I love a name brand. I do, I do, I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And will I not pay my cell phone to go get me a pay? Pay everybody. Sometimes <laughs> I will not put my cell phone, but you know, my cell phone bill on the, on the back burner paying uh, again. So I, huh? That's a shot to Kaya. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get all of that. But again, like I said, you know, did they really, did they, did they really get them? Or was just he not moving the way he should have moved? Like I said, I just don't understand how you could take over something like that and just not have any legal counsel and then just think that the only thing you had to pay was utility bills. Exactly. Sound like a Section 8 house. But um, so <laughs> we definitely, again, want to keep y'all updated on this story um, towards the end of the month or if anything even happens next week because we surprised. Yeah, well, oh, he's going to get himself into something else. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So now moving on to our watch what happened. Oh, well, I said watch what happens. Watch what we're watching with FNL people. So um, we're in ten minutes because we got ten minutes left on the show. So we definitely want to talk about some shows we've been watching this past week, everybody. So other than surviving R. Kelly, um, last week was to hopelessly in love premiere with Andre Rising and Left Eye. That special happened, and it basically talked about their love story, Left Eye and uh, Andre Rising from the 90s. And it, was, yeah, and it was actually very good. It really, it was actually a lot better than Big in Faith. And I'm talking about yeah. Big in Faith. 
a little bit, but the Andre Rising left that one. We all knew the story about how they got together, but we found some new little tidbits too, like when her and Tupac were dating and Andre Rising and him were cool and stuff like that. And and then she obviously, and then she had also had a relationship with Suge Knight that none of us knew about. Exactly. And jail and living in his house and stuff like that. He doing interviews from jail. Like, okay, Nick, I thought you said you were um, blind and can't see the phone. I guess I forgot they got the braille on, on the phone pad. So I guess he was able to call in. Shout out to maybe Bill Cosby gave him a couple pointers. Exactly. <laughs> but the one interesting thing about the special was how fucked up Andre Rising's sister is. So I expect the kind of this attitude from Andre. It's a whole ass cool Y'all the think I don't uplift black women. That bitch is a whole Debbie Downer. Exactly. <laughs> she talked so much shit about a dead woman who is not here to defend herself. She was cutting up her clothes. She was bringing ex-girlfriends to left that house yeah. and basically wanted to get left out. She hated left out with the passion of the price. Trying to keep the shit going. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, let the campaign on Twitter and y'all still retweeting to this day, but I let the uh, campaign on Twitter that we need to find our social media because I'm ready to fight. Because y'all know I love Left Eye. That was one of my favorite artists um, back then from TLC because how creative she is. And I talked about her on the show too whenever uh, she came up with the TLC concepts and stuff like that. So she was super creative. But the fact that this woman is out here talking bad about someone who's not here on earth was real fucked up for one. But Andre Rising was real cool because he actually visited the family of Left Eye at the end of the special. Uh, he hadn't seen them since basically her funeral. And that was like 17, 18 years ago. So they um sitting down and stuff like that. Um, and he um, mentioned that he married a woman named Lisa Lopez. Because, you know, Lisa's um, left, uh, left Eye, her last name was L-O-P-E-S. And his wife is L-O-P-E-Z. And he has two daughters, and he actually talks about Left Eye with his family. and that Yeah, all the time, which was very bizarre. Yeah, yeah. he said his girls, um, <laughs> it was almost kind of creepy. Yeah. I was like, I don't know in there telling them, girls, you know, that, that she should have been your baba. You know, because he said that they are very much aware that, you know, you know, her impact to music, you know, the, I guess the impact she had in his life. Now, you know, I don't know what kind of wife he got, because but you ain't gonna keep on talking about no, uh, <laughs> you ain't about to keep on talking about no ex-girlfriend and I don't mean no harm, excuse me, especially no dead ex-girlfriend. <laughs> you are not gonna keep on talking about her in this house. Yeah. Um, and then we you know, of course, you know about the fires and stuff like that, but there was some information that we weren't privy to, but we did find out in here, like, we thought Left Eye was hiding out in woods and stuff, and hiding out from the police, and then she had to be taken to the um, police department by T-Bars and Chili. But no, apparently she was, like, went off to a hotel and stuff, riding down the street in the Range Rover with her sister, Raindrop, and Raindrop out here, um, and Andre Rising walking down the street from a motorcycle or something and walked to the house to see it burned off the top of the roof and there was a second fire at that. And this one finally hit the fire, hit the flame on the roof. Um, and Raindrop, you know, she's 46 years old. When I um, researched her age, someone put up on the internet that she's ageless. And I guess so because she out here wearing um, Hot Topic and Spencer clothes. But um, <laughs> it's very youthful though. I will give her that. You know, you can't tell her age at all. But she's um, 46 years old. So, I mean, I guess it's good that black don't crack. But, um, so, the other part of it, too, is um, the Biggie special, the Biggie and Faith Evans special. So, basically, like um, Monique was mentioning to me, this is verbatim everything that uh, Faith said on her Uncensored um, 
episode on TV one not too long ago. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. I think I fell asleep like three or four times every time I tried to watch it. So yesterday I just gave up. The yeah. last time I was actually about to watch it, that's when I got a call from my girlfriend about coming to her um pyramid seminar <laughs> workshop. So I just went ahead and I was like, okay, I'm just going to just convince myself that um I'm just not going to be able to watch it. Yeah, it, it, it didn't crap my it crashed my attention too. But even Faith, she was on Wendy Williams today, and she mm-hmm. said that she wasn't even the <laughs> the episode as well. So, you know, she's not a fan. Then hey, I'm good on it too. Um, but the next episode is going to be about Anna Nicole Smith and Larry Burkhart, whatever his name was, the one who I thought was how you doing, but apparently they had a child together. And you know, I'll see that on Sunday because I'm mean, on Friday, whenever it come on, because that was actually an interesting kind of relationship too. Because she was fucking all these dudes at one time, and everyone was supposed to be that little girl's father. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna watch that one as well. Yeah, uh, then we saw True Life Crime of Kanika Jenkins. So, we talked about her on the show before the young woman, uh, the young girl who was in Chicago at a hotel party with her friends, and apparently, some type of way, she made her way down to the freezer and basically died and people were trying to say if it was a murder we talked about it on the show like i said if it was a murder if it was a cover-up you know there was a lot of conspiracy theories here and there and this special kind of broke it down in the sense where it was like okay maybe she did actually it just, yeah it just may have been a you know accident, accident. where she mm-hmm. was under the influence um again shout out to trick daddy and dina and dina um lohan <laughs> Lohan, you know, you you got to be careful. Um, they were stating that maybe somebody pos- possibly have slipped something in her drink. Um, they were drinking. They were underage. Mm. Um, they were, I guess, and they were have these, I guess they said in Chicago, there's really not much for kids to do, especially those kids that are in those, you know, poverty-stricken areas. So mm. they have these hotel parties. I think she was, what, 19 years old? Yeah. Um, maybe 20 at that um, which you all know the legal drinking age is 21 but nonetheless um, they were in this hotel room they were listening to music they were partying they were drinking and I don't know if someone slipped something in her drink but you know you basically hear her voice and then she leaves she goes out the hotel room her friends um, they start to look for her I don't know if they, that's the other thing. Maybe I think they all went out the room together. I think, I can't remember if they went out to go to the bathroom or something, but somehow or another, she managed to get away from her friends. Mm -hmm. And when they noticed that she was gone, they looked for her, they looked for her, and they could not find her. They end up calling her mom in the wee hours of the morning, stating that she was lost, they couldn't find her. So, you know, her mom called the hotel, um, she called the police first, and the police kind of tell her mom, well, you know, at this point, it's still early, you can't report her missing just yet, the mom goes to the hotel, they, you know, search around looking for her, they're knocking on people's doors, this was at the Crown Plaza Hotel, and then, um, I don't know if it was the manager, he ends up going down Mm -hmm. by this time when they you know report it as a missing person um the they go the police come they search the entire hotel the manager goes down to this 
kitchen and I don't even think that kitchen was in use. Yeah, it wasn't. And they find her, you know, dad in the freezer. And so what I did like is that, you know, they had these different um experts. And so they had a expert that was able to kind of look at the videos to determine whether the videos had been altered because the mother kept stating and the family kept stating that the videos had been altered. They, you know, swore that it was somebody that lured her down there. To that kitchen um but you don't see and that was the crazy part like you did not see anybody in the videos in the video but her mm-hmm. and i don't know if she was just that intoxicated where she wanted to go and lay down and um she you know she lays down in this freezer and she passes away from um you know she she froze to death yeah um you know, she doesn't have any signs on her where um where there's any trauma, you know, where she was fighting someone like she was being raped or anything like that. Um, she had like one little scratch or maybe two scratches on her leg, on her ankle. Um, you know, her clothes don't appear to be ripped off of her. I you know, unfortunately, I think it was it was a sad, you know, sad freak accident. Like mm-hmm. I said, they were they interviewed. I think it was some girl named Irene. It was her birthday party, yeah. And she had been friends with her for a while. And they did ask her, you know, was she known to take drugs? Was you know that you know kids nowadays they pop pills like they eating pears candy, <laughs> skittles. For I hate you, Reggie. That was not <laughs> something for you to laugh at. So they asked her if she, if the girl knew that she had a history and she said, yeah, she did use the pop pills. And then she stopped because she didn't like the way it felt. So when they did the toxicology report, they did state that some, it was, I don't remember the exact name of the medication, but the medication was, um, it it was used to treat epilepsy Mm -hmm. and it was high levels of that in her system. And so they, the family kept stating that she would not have taken these drugs, you know, on her own. They know for a fact that she wouldn't have done that. So maybe somebody did slip something in her drink. The other disturbing thing was um, pretty much the people that were in the video. Um, I can't think of the the guy's the guy's name. Um, Zach um, TV or yeah. Um, he was a very integral part of the whole. Um, he was the only one they said that you know this girl Irene would would actually allow to interview her, and then um, I guess Kamika or Kanika Jenkins' uncle was also very much a part of this whole documentary. When at the end, both of them were shot and killed. So yeah. that's the other disturbing thing, but you know, it's it's really sad. We did talk about this on the show, you know, when this story first broke. Um, you know, it's it's really sad, but yeah, you know, but I, tell, tell cautions though. Like I tell my niece, you know, look, let me know where you at if you with your friends. You know, even just make sure it's your real friends, because sometimes your friends, like we've seen some stories, like even last year that I've been looking at where girls were setting up their friends and stuff like that they get murdered and killed and all that and whatever so just watch you hang with make sure you with your real ones but sometimes real ones will turn on you but you know you're supposed to be like in a group setting at all times even when you're drunk intoxicated like don't let no one wander off on their own because anything could happen and like we said this happened to be a case where Kanika where she was active hearing all the experts and everything like that and putting it together it was like okay i can see that now because you know when you're intoxicated when you're drunk even when you wine drunk 
you know, drunk off a shot or whatever like that. And, you know, when you drink and you get a little tired, like it brings your energy down a little bit. So, you know, you get sleepy and she was wandering around when we saw the security camera, she was wandering around the hotel in different areas and stuff like that. And it's still a wonder how did she get down to the basement to begin with? Like what hotel level allows you to go that low where she can wander around no security in that area? Yeah, I mean, and again, like you said, the same thing. I have a 23-year-old cousin. She just told me, um, you know, the other day that she was going out or whatever to a friend's birthday party. And that was the first thing I thought about. And I was like, you know, listen, you know, and she's 23. But at the same time, you know, you need to be careful. You need to, you know, make sure you are in a buddy system. You know, you know, you know where your girlfriends are at all they know where you are at all times. Don't let anybody be, you know, if you can help it, please don't let anybody put anything in your drink. You know, exactly. what I'm drink out but, a sippy cup, but you know, yeah, it, it, I remember, you know, maybe not quite being 19, but in college, I would get pissy, sloppy, toe up drunk. And there were plenty of times I woke up places that I did not know how in the entire dog fuck I got there. But by grace of God, by God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah honey, that's a whole testimony. So I, I, in one way, you know, I get it. But I remember, like I said, not being quite that young. Um, mm-hmm. Then again, I could because what I was night. What was I? I might have been a sophomore at nineteen. Um, in college and undergrad, and like I said, I remember plenty of times waking up and did not know how I got to the place I was at. So, you know, I, I get it, but I can tell you back then, popping pills, at least not that I can remember, was not, you know, that is nothing that I've ever done. That's never been a a, um, a thing it's a, for none of my friends that was never a fad. But, uh, exactly. you know what I'm saying? But I tell you, these kids now is popping pills like it is past candy and Skittles. Yeah, shout the smarties. And Mike and Ike, because, yeah, Jaden love to eat fucking Mike and Ike. <laughs> <laughs> Popping pills like Tic Tacs, but, you know, yeah. um, but, you know, again, um, and condolences to her and her family, de- definitely her mother in particular is still grieving in a way and yeah. not accepting what happened, but I, I'm pretty sure it has to get to that point because the experts have said it all and you just gotta think, I mean, you don't want to think the not thinking the worst of your child, but you just want to think your child went out that way. But sometimes, yeah, has- and I think now I think her mother is still in litigation. Um, yeah, with the city, with, uh, with hotel too. Yeah, with the Crown Plaza. So you know, like you said, please keep her mother in your prayers, in your thoughts, and in your prayers, and the entire family. And then her little friend was just so so tore up. So you know, yes. again, hard yes. hard pill to swallow. Yes, definitely, definitely. And then, of course, me and Monique's favorite show has returned for the new season. Everybody, um, Love After Lockup or Life After Lockup. Which one is it? Because they got two different variations. This is, I think, Life After Lockup that's on right now. Look, we just know as long as our favorite couple is like old, crazy ass. Um, Andrea and Lamar with her old nasty freak ass. Yeah. <laughs> you tried it this episode. So you mean to tell me last episode, last week's episode, you reveal how you got pregnant with um, pregnant with little Priscilla with all them bundles in her hair. 
<laughs> he got pregnant with her ass down to the prison in the janitor's closet. You done slipped the um slipped the guard a couple extra dollars so that you could fuck in the prison closet. Then when your husband comes to see you, you make him a fresh pallet with that mainstays comforter on the yeah. like y'all want fucking in the prison closet. Okay, baby. Exactly. Next to the pine saw and the fabuloso. And I wish they take this girl from from um. The Virginia Beach, I wish they take that bitch off. Yeah. Off the show. Her simple ass. Embarrassing Rose my road like that. <laughs> it all. <laughs> Angela and Tony, bitch. To mm. Angela, you ran me out, bitch, with this storyline. So um what happened? So Tony comes back to Angela's house. He's burning her clothes, but y'all know that wrong really her clothes. That bitch ain't that crazy because you burnt them goddamn clothes and bitch. That means that your ass, he ain't got shit and he ain't got nobody else to give her shit. So that means your ass would have had to replace all that shit. So please um, know y'all that was some notebook paper, some loose paper, <laughs> some copy paper that she just burnt up. That was not really no goddamn clothes that she burnt up. <laughs> but, you know, we all know that he's supposed to be paroled. So um, she's telling him at this moment he cannot come back to the house right now. Um, Yeah, but we've seen it in some several episodes later. She's going to take him back. He's going to end up right back in her house. Um, Mm -hmm. So we'll be keeping our eye out. Yeah, for Angela and Tony, Marcelino, that bitch want to be a, a certified professional poker player. That girl keeps having baby after baby after baby. She can't work nowhere because she got all these felonies. Yes, and, and all these kids. Never, again, the bitch says she ain't never even stepped foot in no fucking high school, <laughs> let alone got a GED. So, um, you know, she states that she can't work anywhere. And so she's asking him and begging him at this point to at least, to please at least get a little side hustle where you bringing in a little bit more than uh, what you earning from your poker winnings whenever you do win. And so they say that they got a $30,000 um, legal bill because of Tito's ass. Mm-hmm. I guess Tito is still trying to get um, full physical custody of little Giovanni. And so I guess when um, Marcelino went to Tito's ass and beat the dog shit out of him, <laughs> you know, Tito is stating that that is no environment that he wants his son in. It's obviously violent. So he's fighting back, I guess, and trying to drag it out and drag it out and drag it out. So we'll see what happens with that. But obviously, Tito, we was rooting for your ass, but something didn't happen that the little boy has been taking out your custody and you can't see him at all. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess I guess our favorite um <laughs> goddess, our favorite goddess will be back this Friday, Miss uh Tracy. Yes, and head and all, so. no crackhead um Clint, and then of course um Megan, Blackson, and old Michael and they little triangles still happening. Yeah, and st- and making your daddy was was a whole bunch of that was some bullshit that your daddy did because bitch you was way too grown for that shit for your that your daddy did talking to that boy in the kind of way Michael good one because I probably would have cussed your daddy out <laughs> first of all bitch you've been dating him for the last forty five years you knew all of his history you know all of the backstory and that is that is her decision if she wants to continue to keep you know being a fool yeah. <laughs> Point blank and the period. 
Yeah, shit. I wouldn't answer no questions from that big old black ass man. <laughs> that shit. That whatever I got going on is between me and your daughter. Now, if you want any questions answered, let that bitch answer the questions. <laughs> because again, it's not like you know she's been dating him for two, three months, and all of these things just came about. She's been dating him for years. Yes. And he out here getting cash at from everybody. So Sarah Black sent man that you know she paying fitting this phone bill and here he go talking to other girls and Sarah's girlfriend or best friend who want to be her girlfriend you know saying that you know he need to get out of, of our lives and stuff like that like she invested in the whole relationship like she's yeah and not only bitches you paying the um <laughs> the simple mobile bill <laughs> that your ass is paying the life and the car insurance yes. the health care insurance and everything else and again that is you are to keep doing this dumb ass shit yes playing dress up, acting like you play pretend doing sound <laughs> calls with your daughter because she can't see her dad. Okay, now. Yeah, bitch. Y'all need to get a life. Yes. But, and, oh, yeah, go ahead. And then our other favorite show, um, we love the Chasing Brand. Um, those of you guys yeah. who don't watch that, that is a that is a um, show that actually comes on YouTube. And so they have a Chasing Dallas and they have a Chasing uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So right now, Chasing Dallas is on the first um, episode of the second season premiere last Thursday. And so the new episodes come. The new episode comes on this Thursday, and they've kind of shaken up the class, the cast a bit. So um, the only people that really returned back this season was, um, of course, VCG, who is the executive producer of the show, as well as um, King Kane, which I love, love, love. He is funny as shit. <laughs> and so then they have some new cast members. They have um, a young man, George. I think he's from Shreveport, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, oh, um, Markel also returned from last season. And um, Aubrey, I don't know why I was going to call that boy Supreme. His name <laughs> is Aubrey. He returned as well. And so then they have um, a hairdresser. I can't think of his name. He is, um, he's a new cast member as well as, um, I guess this is a designer. I think his name is Ariel, Ariel or something like that. But um, I guess um, she does a lot of the prom styling and, and, and all this other type of stuff. But we are working on something really, really special. We can't give too much of it just yet. But just know, those of you guys who follow Chasing, the whole Chasing brand, we are working on something very, very special um, for this whole Chasing brand. So we're hoping to be able to roll that out at least within the next two weeks or so. So we, we can't let you guys know just yet. But mm-hmm. Just know we're working on something very special for you guys. Yes, definitely, definitely. So that was our what we're watching with FNL, everybody. So tonight's show has been real inter- like real fun. I can't wait to listen back to it because, you know, we talked a lot and we, we t- gave you a lot of information. So we definitely, again, appreciate you all for listening and turning up with us and Sometimes going to hell and back with us, you know, we, we're going to heaven, but sometimes we got to take a little trip to hell real quick. But, you know, um, well, you know, more so more because you know, you're not uplifting people. But, um, <laughs> you know. Let me say, I'm not here to uplift the motherfucker on this goddamn show. I'm here to tell, you know, what I feel is my truth. I'm here to talk about the things with my views and my opinions, okay? I'm not here to uplift that nebbish on this show. <laughs> 
courtesy of Bad News Dog. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> we definitely thank y'all for tuning in. And as always, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts by searching FNL Radio on Spotify, on Anchor, on Google Play Podcasts, Molly's platform of choice, or anywhere you can stream your um, podcast at and download it and whatnot. And of course, follow us on social media where um, Monique likes to get in trouble. Apparently, I like to get in trouble because some of y'all got mad at me too about um, something. I forgot what y'all got mad at me about. What did I say? Y'all got mad at me about something, but damn it. Anyways, follow me on Twitter at Monique. Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> at MRDOC. Follow Monique at CookieLove1980. And follow the show on Facebook.com slash FNL Radio. Um, and again, people, we thank you all so much for tuning in. Y'all have a good week. We do, we do, uh, we do. Oh, she she got her line already. The bus people oh, open the bottles. Okay, use your words, motherfucking people. Use or use Uber because words. y'all out here don't have to uh, drink and drive. So we advise you all to yeah, Lindy Lohan, Mama Dina. Exactly. Get your shit together. Get your shit together. Exactly. People take your medication for your ailments and for your uh, illnesses and diseases and, and stuff. Don't substitute it for no cocaine. Exactly. Shout out to Whitney. So we thank you all again, people. Y'all have a good rest of your week in peace.